Hello, party people, grand old party people, democratic party people, cocktail party people. Cocktail party people, depending on how this vote count goes, I may soon be joining you. Yes, democracy is alive and unwell right now. Get well, democracy. You're in our thoughts and our prayers. God bless America. Speaking of danger, I've been burning leaves in my backyard and all the downed branches from the big storm we just had, Hurricane Zeta. And the fire department just came by and six fire hunks got out of the truck and they said, ma'am? And I said, can I help you? Surely you don't think that I was burning trash in my yard, which would be against a city ordinance. No, no, this is a mere bonfire. And we worked it out. And I'm still burning stuff. I'm all about danger, except when it comes to public health. And Mortalons is still a public health threat since it has neither been recognized, properly studied, or explained. And it's still spreading like wildfire in a crazy white lady's backyard. I was like, y'all can't believe you guys called the cops on me. I moved to a black neighborhood, so that would never happen. What is the world coming to? Let's talk about Lyme disease today. Stay tuned. It gets better. It's better weather. On the horizon. Life tends to be surprising. You just never know. Never know. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, thanks for joining me today, everyone. I do apologize for the nature soundtrack in the background if that bothers you, but it is such a gorgeous day in Atlanta. I want to learn about the history of Lyme disease. Are y'all with me? Let's do this. History of Lyme disease. This is an article from the Bay Area Lyme Foundation. Ticks and Lyme disease have been around for thousands of years. In fact, a recent autopsy on a 5,300-year-old mummy indicated the presence of the bacteria which causes Lyme disease. 
A German physician, Alfred Buchwald, first described the chronic skin rash or erythema, erythema migrans, that's the bullseye rash, erythema migrans, of what is now known to be Lyme disease more than 130 years ago. However, Lyme disease was only recognized in the United States in the 1960s and the 1970s. And the bacteria that causes it, Borrelia burgdorferi, wasn't officially classified until 1981. It's a great year, great year for Borrelia, great year for babies. I was one of the ones born. The 1970s. In the early 1970s, a group of children and adults in Lyme, Connecticut, L-Y-M-E, Connecticut, and the surrounding areas were suffering from some puzzling and debilitating health issues. Their symptoms included swollen knees, paralysis, skin rashes, headaches, and severe chronic fatigue. Visits with doctors and hospital stays had become all too common. These families were left undiagnosed and untreated for years during the 1960s and 70s. If it wasn't for the persistence of two mothers from this group in Connecticut, here we go again with the moms. Shout out to the moms. Uh, Lyme disease might still be little known even today. These patient advocates began to take notes, conduct their own research, and contact scientists. That's what we're doing, guys. That is exactly what we're doing. This process has played out before. This path has been walked by other groups of unidentified, unrecognized patients. Morgies, we will get there. We are walking the path. The medical establishment began to study the group's symptoms and looked for several possible causes. Was it germs in the air or water? The children had reported skin rashes, followed very quickly by arthritic conditions, and they all had recalled being bitten by a tick in the region of Lyme, Connecticut. Finally, by the mid-1970s, researchers began describing the signs and symptoms of this new disease. They called it Lyme, but they still didn't know what caused it. The 1980s. In 1981, a scientist who was studying Rocky Mountain spotted fever, also caused by a tick bite, began to study Lyme disease. This scientist, Willie Bergdorfer, found the connection between the deer tick and the disease. He discovered that a bacterium called a spirochete carried by ticks was causing Lyme. The medical community honored Dr. Borgdorfer's discovery in 1982 by naming the spirochete Borrelia Borgdorferi. Did he discover it? Did he invent it? Did he play a part in unleashing it? Read the book Bitten, see what you think. With extensive backgrounds on Lyme patients and the scientific discoveries that ensued, doctors began to use several antibiotics to treat the disease. This treatment is currently accepted by the medical profession and has been largely successful, especially for those with early stage Lyme disease, because we know how hard it is to get a correct diagnosis for Lyme, especially if you're, you know, living here in Georgia. Now there's some uh, doctors, providers who are popping up claiming to treat Lyme disease specifically. Are they quacks? I do not know. I do not know, but I would look into that just in case. Don't trust people just because they're wearing a white jacket. However, there continues to be heavy debate on the long-term use of antibiotics for Lyme that has progressed or appears resistant to a short course of antibiotics. 
Okay, then we get to the 2000s. Since the 1980s, reports of Lyme disease have increased dramatically to the point that the disease has become an important public health problem in many areas of the United States. In 2012, Lyme disease was included as one of the top 10 notifiable diseases by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Today, Lyme disease is one of the fastest growing vector-borne infections in the United States with over 400,000 new cases of Lyme disease each year. While it was primarily an East Coast phenomenon in the beginning, it has since been reported in all states except Hawaii, and diagnostic tools are still unreliable. As of yet, there is no definitive cure for those with late-stage Lyme. At Bay Area Lyme Foundation, we determined to drive new research and accelerate the day when Lyme disease is easy to diagnose and simple to cure. Morgies, morgies, morgies. Well, like I said, we're not the first group of patients in history to be misdiagnosed and maligned no not by far and unfortunately i fear we will not be the last however we ain't going down like this no we're gonna keep talking about morgulons that's why i'm here today to generate propaganda yes that is right not to disinformation no no there is a difference but propaganda persuasive media content that keeps the conversation about Morgulons alive. We've got to do it, guys. I looked up the Google search term trend for Morgulons, and I don't know if I'm happy to report this, but it was interesting to note that since last time I checked, which was about 90 days ago, um, give or take, maybe a little less, um, but since that time, there has been a significant spike late July, um, interestingly, right around the time that I started really looking into the Morgulons thing myself, since nothing else could explain my symptoms. I mean, maybe all of those spike in searches account like millions far from me. Um, that could be possible, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I have done a lot of research and reading, but um, yeah, just interesting to note. Uh, you know, over the last 90 days, also some spiking in late summer, early fall, especially September, notably September 23rd, which was the day that I had a lot of downloads. What happened that day, you guys? What happened? 923, never forget if we ever figure out what happened. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate you listening. I have got bonfires where I'm burning my vanities. Yes, my face is still morgued out. It is getting a little better. I'm happy to report that. It is getting a little bit better. Uh, do have one product recommend. Um, it's a face cream. It comes in a jar. It's like a poor man's limer. Um, if y'all are familiar with that uh, product, it's a ridiculously, outrageously expensive face cream. Uh, it's like $1,000 or something for 16 ounces. Um, anyway, this is not that much. I found mine on the clearance rack at uh, Cross Dress for Less. No, I think it was actually Marshall's. But um, yeah, it's called Egyptian. It comes in a white jar. It's called Egyptian cream or something. And it's got like a really doofy looking font and graphic on the jar. 
it's some old school stuff, but it works. It works in terms of like making morgulons come out of your face or wherever you're applying it. it makes little sharp, hard granules of sand, glass like sand, come out of my face every time I put it on, which I figure, you know what, that's good because I'd rather have them out of my face than in my face. Duh. All right. Inshallah. Shalom. God bless. Crystal clear. Stay tuned.